On the 28th now, last Sunday of this month, we will have a baptism. And for the next few Sundays, I haven't done this in a while, I'll be opening the doors of the church for church membership. Now, let me explain that. Um, when you get saved, you need to trust Christ and repent of your sins. That's salvation. But the next thing you need to do is follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And uh, uh, when you get baptized, that is not salvation, it is identification. And that's identifying with Christ, identifying with salvation. Uh, but once you get baptized, you become a member of Grosses Creek Baptist Church. And becoming a member of the church just gives you business privileges. It doesn't mean, doesn't have anything to do with your salvation, doesn't have anything to do with your baptism. What becoming a member of the church means that, that you just participate in our business. You get a voting right. So I'll be accepting membership. If you have been part of Grosses Creek Baptist Church for a while, but you're not a member and you'd like to join, if you've been saved and scripturally baptized, we can accept you as from, as a, from, with a letter from your home church into Grosses Creek. If you've not been baptized, let's get that taken care of on the 28th. So I'll be opening the doors of the church also be asking you to come forward for believers' baptism. Now, if you would please take your Bible and turn with me to the book of John, chapter number 13. That is John 13 and Psalm, chapter number 27. I've already taken my jacket off and I just don't feel like putting it back on. So here we go. Uh, John chapter 13 and Psalm chapter number 27. I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, The Cure for a Troubled Heart. The cure for a troubled heart. John chapter 13, Psalm chapter number 27. Good to hear Bible pages turning. Somebody say amen. amen. That's wonderful. John chapter 13, Psalm 27. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I'm grateful for the day. I'm grateful for this time of worship. Grateful for this house of worship. Grateful for everybody that's come here. And Lord, as I've watched people pour in from the parking lots and the side of the roads. And, and Lord, I just, I've just prayed that you would just meet with us here. And you'd bless us with your spirit. Thank you for everything you've done for Gross's Creek. Lord, you've just given us victory after victory. We've got wonderful teachers and leaders here. And Lord, you just keep blessing us financially. And Lord, you're just so good to us. And we want to just pause before we get into the word of God and say thank Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your blessings. We don't deserve your blessings. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Now help us in this, in this message and through the word of God to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray, amen and amen. The cure for a troubled heart. We're all going to experience at times a troubled heart, an unsettled spirit. Did you ever just get up in the morning and sometimes you just... You just have this unsettled, uneasy, anxious type feeling. There's nothing wrong. You don't know exactly. I mean, you, there's nothing physically wrong. There's nothing wrong in the family. There's nothing wrong with the finances. And as far as you know, nothing on the job. But you just have this uneasy feeling. Job experienced that also in Job chapter number 26. He said, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. 
Job said, I just could tell by this uneasy, disquieted spirit that I had that there was trouble on the horizon. You ever get that feeling? And sometimes trouble does come, sometimes it does not. He also said, Job did in Job 14.1, he said, man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. And so we can expect trouble in our lives and we can expect trouble in our heart. I had you to turn to John 13 and here's what's going on in John 13. Jesus Christ himself is experiencing a troubled heart. Imagine that. Imagine that the Son of God, the sinless Son of God, the perfect Son of God, God Himself with a troubled heart. It's mind-boggling. You see, Jesus in John 13 was giving instructions to do for what His disciples should do after He was gone. You know that's a troubling thing? To make preparations on what people should do after you're gone? <laughs> that's a very troubling thing. And that's exactly what Jesus was, do, was doing there in John 13. He washed the disciples' feet. He gave them the example of servitude. He knew that the devil had entered into Judas Iscariot. He knew that he was going to be betrayed. He knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew that he was going to leave, yet he was leaving instructions as he left. But boy, his heart was troubled. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Let's read verse number 21. John chapter 13 at verse number 21. When Jesus had thus said, that is all these instructions, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Jesus was troubled by future events. You ever get troubled by what you know is going to happen? You ever get troubled by knowing that we're living in the last day? You ever get troubled by looking at your nation and watching the morals crumble and the whole nation, as the morals crumble, the nation seems to crumble? You ever get troubled by just looking to what you know is in store? My goodness, that's exactly what Jesus was troubled by. This was a stressful and traumatic event in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want us to understand this morning is if it ha can happen to Jesus, it can happen to you. Amen. If it, trouble can come to him, trouble can come to you. If a troubled heart can come to him, a troubled heart can come to you. And so how did Jesus handle this distress that he was under? I mean, even Peter was going to deny that he knew him. Even he was going to be deserted of all of his friends and crucified. Number one, write these down. The way, the cure for a troubled heart, the first cure is faith. You say, preacher, you preach on faith all the time. It'll help you. Do you know faith will save you? Faith will not only save your soul, for by grace, we looked at that last week, two weeks ago. Faith will not only save your soul, faith will save your heart. Amen. Faith will save you from a lot of trouble. How did Jesus handle his troubled spirit? He handled it with faith, an unshakable faith. Yes, Jesus Christ, the sinless, perfect, matchless son of the living God had to have faith. We close the book of John, chapter number 13. Flip it to John 14. John 14. 
first verse, Jesus said, now wait a minute, in John 13, he's got a troubled heart. In John 13, he's got a troubled spirit. In John 13, he's perplexed. And he opens John chapter number 14, and he says this, and we can all quote it, John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled, ye believe. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus Christ himself had to have faith. Yes, sir. Faith that the heavenly father was who he said he was. Faith that he was supreme. Faith that he was sure. Faith that he was sovereign. John tells us in 1 John chapter 5, he says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Believing that God knows what he's doing in the time of trouble. Believing that God knows he's already forethought. Listen, God did not create the world on a knee-jerk action. He does not let things happen in our lives on a knee-jerk action. Everything that happens is pre-planned by God. It has gone through his mind. He has allowed things to be as they are, and our faith should be in our Heavenly Father. And Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. How can we overcome the world? This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Jesus said this, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. How did he do it? He believed in God. Amen. Now understand where Jesus had, how he had to believe in God. He was sent to this world to die. He was sent to this world to suffer. He was sent to this world to take our sin, our shame, our embarrassment. He was sent to take our wickedness. He was sent for that reason. Don't you know he wanted to question God? Don't you know that even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he just about did that very same thing when he said, let this cup pass from me, when he was taking the sin of all the world upon himself? Jesus Christ had to have faith that God knew what he was doing when he sent Christ to the world to die for sin. He had to trust that. If Christ had not trusted the Father and looked at the cross and said, wait a minute, I don't think God has thought this through. I don't think that I should have to go to the cross. I, I'm not sure that all this suffering and all this pain, I'm not sure that that's been thought through well enough. No, that's not what Jesus did. He trusted the Father. His faith was in his Father. And he went to the cross believing that God was doing the best thing for him and believing that God was doing the best thing for the world and believing that God would even raise him from the dead. Listen, if you and I can have that kind of faith, we will not have a troubled heart. Amen. Amen. So there's faith. Number two, there's a turning. A turning. What do you mean? In the book of 2 Chronicles, I didn't have you to turn there. We don't have time. The Israelites had turned their back on God. For a long time, that nation had not served God. The house of God was left in shambles. Let me tell you something. I can't help but park there for a minute. You drive by a church that's in shambles, somebody doesn't love God. 
You drive by a church that has no, the Bible said in that day in 2 Chronicles that they didn't have a they didn't have a priest, nor did they have a teaching person. They didn't have, and listen, the house of God was in shambles. The morals of the country was in shambles. The whole country was in shambles. And the Bible says in that day, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the country. I'd say that they had a troubled heart. Vexations means disquietude or a troubled, uneasy spirit. That constant nagging anxiety that you just can't get rid of. That was what was going on in the nation of Israel. And just like Israel, don't you miss this this morning, just like Israel, when you and I get away from the house of God, when we turn our backs on the ways of God, when we let the Bible go and we don't get under the teaching of the Word, when we just let our relationship with the Heavenly Father slide just a little bit, there will be vexations of spirit. There is no peace to those who turn their backs on the living God. Oh, there may be, if you've got your back turned on God, there may be times of excitement, but there's really no fulfillment. There may be times that you have sleep, but there's not real rest. There may be times of laughter, but the real joy down inside has dissipated. Can I tell you the only way in this world that you can have peace and rest and get rid of that uneasy, troubled spirit is to have that right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in that same chapter of 2 Chronicles, but when they in their trouble did turn to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. I'm glad he's not very far from those who will seek his will. I'm glad he's not very far from those who will seek his forgiveness and his kindness. Listen, he will be found. They sought him. And as they begin to seek the Lord, they begin to obey his commandments. They begin to repair the house of God. They begin to be faithful to the house of God. They begin to clean up their morals. And guess what the Bible said? That God repaired their country. You say that's a miracle. It absolutely is. Absolutely. Wouldn't you like to have some rest this morning? I'm preaching to somebody. God laid this on my heart. Somebody this morning has got a troubled spirit. There's something that's just nagging at you. Maybe you can put your finger on it. Maybe you can't put your finger on it. But there's something that is nagging you and bothering you. And you have this disquieted spirit that just cannot rest, dear friend. You're in a chapter of your life where the Lord does not have his rightful place. If you're there, the best way to get rid of that troubled heart is to do exactly what I said. Turn. Turn from sin. Turn from the way that you're going and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is rest, praise God. There is rest in Jesus Christ. There is peace in the cross of Calvary. There is a way to get rid of that vexation of soul and that is to completely rest on the Father and have your faith in Him, praise God. Man, I've discovered, let me tell you something that I've discovered. If I'll put God first in my life, 
If I'll put the will of God first in my life, I can enjoy everything. I mean, I can, I can, listen. But if I say, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to, this is my plans and my plans are here and I just need this because this is a vacation, this is a rest, I'm just going to put God to the side and just do what I want to do, <laughs> I don't enjoy it. But if my relationship with him remains steady and steadfast, then I can enjoy anything. Did you know you can enjoy going to work with a right heart with God? You can enjoy going to the lake when you have a right heart with God. You bet, listen, if you don't have a right heart with God, it's hard to enjoy anything at all. So the best thing you can do is turn. Don't just think about it. Don't just contemplate it. Do what gives you peace. We sing the song, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Listen, friend, you're one prayer away from getting rid of a troubled heart. If you're lost this morning, you're one prayer away from salvation. You're one prayer away from getting rid of that troubled spirit under that vexation of spirit. The third thing I want you to do, turn to Psalm 27.5. The third thing, the first thing, way to get rid of a troubled heart is faith. The second way to get rid of a troubled heart is turning. The third way to get rid of a troubled heart is hiding Look at Psalm 27, verse number 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. The first thing I want us to notice about this verse is his pavilion. David said, if I'll turn to him... If I'll turn my life over to him, my sin over to him, my will over to him, the first place he'll hide me is his pavilion. Now, the first thing I want to, I know that the Bible says the name of the Lord is a, is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Thank God for the strong tower. But a tower protects us from an enemy. A pavilion, on the other hand, the definition of a pavilion is a summer house. A summer house. Now let's think about that for just a minute. He'll hide me in his pavilion. He'll hide me in his summer home. <laughs> Where do you go on vacation? And why do you go on vacation? And why do you get away from life just a little while? Think of the place where you like to go. I'm still in the Bible when we think about vacation. That summer cottage. That place where you just say, man, I am ready to get away. Don't, tell, don't look at me like that. You all say that. <laughs> that. That summer cottage that you go to, that place down there on the beach that you dream of, that tent. Listen, for me, that's a tent down on the river, praise God. You can have your condos on the beach and those crime shares. I'll take a tent by the river. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what about that house in the mountains? What about that hunting shack in your favorite forest? David said, if I turn to him, he'll hide me in his pavilion. You know God's got a place like that? 
He's got a place like that. And here's what I want to tell you something. You know why? I'm talking about the cure for a troubled heart. You know why we all like that to get away? We get away from ourselves. You see, you are your worst enemy. And you're not just going there to get away from the job. You're not just going there to get away from society. You're not just going there to get away from troubles and problems. You're going there to drop yourself just a little while. (laughs) Drop your worries a little while. And listen, so many people wind up living their whole life for that one week of vacation. And the rest of the year, they're meaner than the devil. Why is it that we can't find the secret that God, that God, that God has a pavilion for us? God has a place where we can rest. God has a place where we can get away from ourselves. The most rest I ever get in my life is when I get away from George. When I can drop George's worries. When I can drop George's anxieties. When I can drop George's stress. And God said, I've got that for you. It's my pavilion. (laughs) Oh my. Let me give you some quotes. I'm hitting home here for some reason. Worry. Worry does not take away from tomorrow's troubles. It takes away from today's peace. Worry does not settle anything for tomorrow. Worry unsettles you today. I've got a chicken in the barn right now. And and I bought, see, chickens, if you don't know anything about chickens, they like to lay where there's already an egg, so it's called a nest egg. And if you steal all the eggs, they're liable to lay eggs somewhere else, so you leave a nest egg there to attract them back. Is everybody with me? Nest egg. Y'all need some coffee this morning or something. <laughs> well, if you go to Rural King, you can buy a plastic, solid plastic, looks just like an egg. And they're solid plastic, and you put them in there. You got to put a little mark on them. If you don't, they'll wind up in a carton somewhere. They look so real. And you put this little mark on them, but the chicken don't know what that mark is for, and that's their nest egg. And there's a chicken in an old hen in my barn right now, and she's sitting on that plastic egg. <laughs> and she don't, I mean, she's, I throw, I get her and throw her out the window, and she comes right back. <laughs> and she's worn all the feathers. I mean, she stinks. She's worn all the feathers off of her belly. She's got no wings hardly. She's got no tail feathers. She's undernourished. She's worried. You can just, she's frumpy. You can see it on her face. And all of that's for nothing. She's worried herself to death nesting this egg. <laughs> and it's going nowhere, man. You know that's what a troubled spirit is. You know that's what a troubled heart is. You know what? How many times this past week have you nestled that old worried egg? You worried about your children. You worried about finances. You worried about school starting back. You worried about some of the rules. You worried about the government. You worried about, hey, there's a cure for a troubled heart. Trust Jesus Christ. 
Sleep like a baby. Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Why go around living life grumpy and frumpy and, and worrying about an egg that ain't going to hatch? Praise God. Amen. Somebody said this. Worry is more exhausting than a day's work. I used to raise tobacco. I don't do it no more because I felt like it was wrong. Now, if you do, that's fine. I don't care. I used to raise tobacco, and the hardest job was pulling plants. I hated that job. And for two weeks before we pulled plants, I pulled plants in my sleep. I pulled plants all day. I hated that. I worried over it. I was anxious over it. And then the day to come to pull plants, and you know what? It wasn't that bad. We laughed. We joked. We, we ate good. We, we'd go get something to, uh, out Send out and get some. I mean, it wasn't all that bad. And for two weeks, I had pulled plants in my sleep over it really wasn't all that bad. Somebody say amen. Some of you teachers say amen. You're worried about what the principal's got, and you're worried about the new rule at school, and you're worried about how to handle this transgender and all this LGBT. Praise God. Why don't you pray about it? God's got an answer. Somebody say amen. God's got an answer. What? Listen, if we prayed as much as we worried, we could go somewhere. Somebody said worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it don't take you nowhere. But let me tell you something about prayer. Prayer will get you somewhere. Hey, if you don't think it will, I challenge you to try it. One evening, one night, one week, I challenge you to take your worries and your anxieties and what's bothering you and your anticipations for the future, take them to Jesus Christ and see if you don't go somewhere, praise God. Amen. Most of our trouble is self-inflicted. Amen. Then he mentions this. i got to hit this too. Look at the same verse again. He says, he keep me in the secret of his pavilion. And then he mentions the secret in the same verse, the secret of his tabernacle. Guess where you're at this morning. Thank God. You're in his tabernacle. There's a, let me tell you something. There's a secret here. I've got a secret. And it's a heart. Secret. This place, this preaching, this congregation, this meeting on Sunday morning, there's a secret. And if you ever discover that secret, you'll be here for Sunday school. That's right. You'll be here on Wednesday nights. Why, preacher? Because you'll discover that there's some, there's some peace here. You can let the Word of God for a little while wash the worldly cares away. That anxiety that you had when you came through the door don't seem near as bad when you go back out. Hey, I'll guarantee you, some of you came here, I'll guarantee you in this crowd, some of you wives and husbands had a fight this morning. I know the devil, don't try to lie to me. You're anxious. You've had, you've had problems. You've had troubles. And by the time you get out here, you're poking her on the side going, where are we going to eat? <laughs> you know why? The Word of God gives us something. 
The Spirit of God does something on the inside of us that nobody else can see. And it's a secret. It's just between me and God. It's just like salvation. The secret of our tabernacle. Listen, the secret of his tabernacle is not found in sporadic church attendance, but faithful church attendance. Let me say that again. The secret of his tabernacle is not found in sporadic church attendance, but it's found in being faithful and faithful and faithful. You'll get some help if you'll be faithful to the house of God. Last Sunday, I decided I needed one of them pavilions. Brian was going to preach. So Lisa rented us a pontoon on South Holston Lake. Guess what? I'm just going to tell you how that went. (laughs) On Friday, the doc called us and canceled our pontoon because they all had COVID. (laughs) Okay, we'll back up and punt. So the kids said, we had all the kids scheduled to be off that day, and all the kids were ready. And boy, it's just rare that we can get all of our kids, three kids and their three spouses all together, but we had them. And they said, we, we know what we'll do. We'll do an escape room. Well, I ain't never done an escape room, but I said, just to be a few kids, I'll do it. And guess what? Two of the kids got covid At 2 o'clock in the morning, my bedroom door busts open and Lisa says, you're not going to believe it, something just blew up. (laughs) At 2 o'clock on Sunday morning, and I said, she said, it wasn't lightning, so I grabbed a flashlight and I walked and shined it off the balcony. I said, there's your lightning. I said, there's a tree over the power line. Well, we don't have power. I said, well, get real. (laughs) Call the power company. I mean, I wish I'd have come to church, praise God. (laughs) My gosh, 250-year-old oak tree crashes. Now I got, anybody need any firewood? (laughs) What are you saying, preacher? I'm talking about the secret of his tabernacle. Hey, I'm glad to be back in the house of God this morning. I'm just telling you, there's a secret here. And that secret is peace. Listen, that secret is I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Do you know what? When you're where you're supposed to be, that takes about most of the uneasy feeling away. Amen. Most of that uneasy, that that anticipation, that feeling is gone when the tabernacle becomes part of your life. Sometimes we get a troubled spirit when there's absolutely nothing wrong. We have a troubled spirit when there's nothing wrong. We have an uneasy feeling. The Bible calls it this, the troubled sea. When the troubled sea casts up mire and dirt. You ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like the troubled sea and you just can't rest and it's just... Your heart's just casting up mire and dirt. You can't think about anything positive. You're just all negative. It just seems like everything. Hey, listen. Sometimes you get that feeling when there's absolutely nothing wrong. I'm closing. And I'm going to give you another illustration of something that happened to us recently. 
I'm talking about an uneasy feeling. I'm talking about the cure for a troubled spirit, the cure for a troubled heart, the cure for a troubled soul. We got up the other morning and there was an accident on the four lane and traffic was backed up. And it was just about the time that Andrew had to go to work. And, and Lisa, being a good mommy, she's got a position on him through his cell phone. Oh, yeah. And so she gets on her phone and she says, oh, my goodness. Andrew's topographic position is in that wreck. Man, you talk about worried. And about the time that she saw his position was about where that wreck was, the phone started ringing and it was a police officer. A police officer who is our friend, but yet he never calls. And boy, we added two and two together. And let me tell you something, we had some troubled spirits. And then all of a sudden, she calls Andrew and says, where are you? He says, I'm sitting in line. Somebody's wrecked in front of us. I had a troubled spirit. And then I go to the barn to get on the four-wheeler to check the fence. And there's, I didn't see it, but there's a hornet's nest about as big as that chandelier right above my head. And Lord have mercy. Hornets started hitting me. And they got in my shirt. But you know what? It was a miracle. Not one of them hornets stung me. And I was running down through the field, taking my shirt off and whipping my shirt like it as I was running. I was slinging hornets. And I didn't get stung. Second thing to cause an uneasy, troubled spirit. Then I got in the truck. I decided I'd get get me a subway, praise God. And I got in the truck and backing the truck out, I, I hit something. I heard something go, and I thought, oh, I just run over the dog. <laughs> I'm not lying this time. <laughs> and, and so help me, my truck, little truck topper had fell over and squeaked just like the dog barked. So I didn't run over, let me repeat this, I did not run over the dog. But by the time we went through this wreck thing, the hornet thing, and this, this squeaky thing under my wheel, I'm going to tell you something. I had a troubled spirit. I did. I'm just going to be honest with you. I had this uneasy feeling. It was like, geez, I better spend the rest of this day like a, lo- like a butterfly with sore feet. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean? I better be careful. (laughs) Uneasy. Where do we turn? Now let me let me close. Y'all, y'all get where I'm going. Because listen, everything I just said has happened to you at times. And you get this uneasy, troubled, anxiety, vexation of spirit. What are you gonna do with it? Faith. Turn, hide, amen. You better write this, you better write this outline down good because you're going to need it. So where do we turn when trouble comes? The Bible said in Psalm 6011, give us help in the time of trouble for vain is the help of man. 
vain. I don't care if you've got a best friend in this world that you can cry on their shoulders. They can't help you at times. I don't care. I, I mean, I've got a friend who's a, a graduated high school. He's a bartender. And that's all. He says, you can't believe what I hear. I mean, everybody just pours out there. They get to drinking and they pour out their heart on him. He said, you can't believe what I hear. I said, I don't want to hear what you hear. You know what? Vain is the help of alcohol. Vain is the help of the bartender. Vain is the help of a friend. Let me tell you something. When you've got a troubled heart, vain is the help of a doctor. When you've got a troubled heart, vain is the help of the pharmacy. Amen, preacher. You can drink it, you can take it, you can drown it for a little while, but if you didn't fix that troubled heart, it's going to come back. Vain. Huh. Give us help from trouble, David said, for vain is the help of man. Oh, you say, preacher, I just need to get back to work tomorrow and make more money. Well, the Bible says better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. It's just going to be more trouble. Here's where you turn. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee. Stop worrying. Stop sitting in that worry rocking chair. Stop worrying that egg. Stop worrying it's your son in the accident and start getting on your knees and telling God what you're worried about and watch it go somewhere. Let me ask you a question first of all, dear friend. You may have a troubled heart today because you're not saved. And you know in your heart that you've never trusted Christ. And you know in your heart that there's sin that you can't do nothing with. You've tried to do something with that sin. You've tried to turn over a new leaf. It didn't work. You tried to be a better person. It didn't work. But there's still sin. And you can't get rid of it. Well, let me tell you something. The only way to get rid of that sin is Jesus Christ. And you're going to have, dear sinner friend, listen to me. You're going to have a troubled heart until you get rid of that sin and put it on Jesus Christ. You're going to have vexation, no peace. You're going to have a troubled, uneasy spirit. I'm going to invite you this morning to come to Jesus Christ. Not to this church, not to this preacher. I'm going to invite you to come to Jesus Christ. He loves you. He died for you. He can take your uneasy spirit and replace it with a spirit. Spirit of peace. That's who he is, the Prince of Peace, and I say glory to God. Now what I'm going to ask, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. If you're lost and you need to be saved and you know it, slip out of your seat right now. Come on. Come on. There's people here I know, I know from your testimony. You don't know Christ as your Savior. Slip out of your seat and come on. Brian's ready to take a Bible and show you how you can be saved. He's ready to take a Bible and show you how Jesus Christ can come in. The devil can go out. The sin can go out. The disquietness can go out. The vexation can go out. He's ready to show you how you can have a right relationship with God. Slip out now. I'm not going to linger the invitation. Slip out now. Don't put it off. Don't let the devil tell you to wait till tomorrow. Don't say it'll be all right. Settle it today. If I had an uneasy spirit this morning, I'd bring it to Jesus Christ in a heartbeat. You better believe I would. If I was lost, I'd bring it to Jesus Christ in a heartbeat. You better believe I would. 
What are you going to do with that troubled heart? I've got a cure for it. It's Christ. We serve the God of the day, not the God of the night. Victory is just over the hilltop. Help is one prayer away. Rest is one trust away. And Christian, what about you? I'm not going to extend the invitation. But if that message helped you, would you slip up your hand quickly? Just a preacher, God bless you, just about everybody in the house. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm glad it did. God showed me what to preach, gave me what to preach. I'm glad it was a help to you. Now, what I want you to do, Christian, is you trust God with all your worries, with all your anxieties, and with all your heart. You trust the living God. Amen.